You're listening to the Colonial Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast in Kingsport, Tennessee. We are a community committed to prayer, radical hospitality, and intentional invitation. A woman writes that she had searched for the perfect birthday card for her husband. And then she came across a promising one. On the outside, it read, Sweetheart, you're the answer to my prayers. And she thought, oh, that's pretty good. And then she opened the card, and inside it says, You're not exactly what I prayed for, but apparently you are the answer. Every one of us have ordered things that came, and it wasn't exactly what we anticipated. My rule of thumb when I see an infomercial or on the rare occasions I do order something online, it is if it only works half as well as they say it will, it's probably a pretty good product. But then it shows up and it's not what I expected. For a thousand years, the Jewish people had been praying for a Messiah a deliverer who would conquer their enemies, who would establish the kingdom of righteousness and might. And the deliverer they expected was going to be the powerful warrior king. And he would reign and bring peace and prosperity. That was what they were looking for. Now, if you want to know the truth, there's a good number in modern-day Israel who are looking for the same thing. And there are a number in the American Christian church who also want that sort of a Messiah. They want Jesus to come back and smash the enemies, make mincemeat out of the wicked, restore everything to the way it ought to be. Never mind that that doesn't sound very much like the Jesus we see in the pages of Scripture. No, what we get is Jesus, born of questionable circumstances, born among the cattle, grew up to be a poor carpenter. He had some very questionable friends that we later called disciples. He comes and claims to be the long-awaited Messiah, but his kingdom looks very different from what they anticipated. And so John, one of Jesus' distant supporters begins to ask the question, are you really the one or should we look for another? John the Baptist, like all good Jews, had been praying and preparing for the Messiah for his entire life. You remember he's a cousin of Jesus. He's born to the older parents of Zechariah and Elizabeth and he also has uh, the miraculous birth, if you will. Mary the mother of Elizabeth, probably talked to Elizabeth about Jesus. We don't know if they knew each other, but maybe they had met. But John's life took a very different pattern from what we would expect. He did not follow to be a priest as his father was. In today's language, John became radicalized. He turned from the path of his father and became a sort of religious zealot. The authorities were afraid of John, just as later they would be afraid of Jesus. 
but really not for exactly the same reasons. According to Jesus, John becomes the last in the great long line of the prophets. John is the forerunner, the one who comes ahead of the Messiah. The New Testament never really tells us how much they worked together or knew each other or saw each other. We know about the baptism of Jesus. But it's clear that John was not finding in Jesus' ministry exactly the kind of Messiah he thought he wanted. John's ministry of baptism was calling for repentance. And it was sharp criticism of the religious establishment. In many ways, John really was like the prophets of old. And the scribes and the Pharisees and his his father's fellow priests didn't understand it. Little Johnny grew up privileged and then he threw it all away to go live out in the desert and baptize people in a river. And in short, in their way of thinking, he became a bit of a religious nut. From the brief accounts we have in the New Testament, it seems that John's idea of Jesus wasn't quite what he expected. And so today we find John in prison, He's put there by Herod, though really Herodias, is Herod's wife, is the one that wants him dead. And he's being held there and he sends his disciples to go find Jesus and ask, are you the one? Fair question. Or should we look for somebody else? I suspect John knew his days were numbered. He was hearing about the conduct of Jesus. He thought, perhaps, that the Messiah would come with uh, preaching hellfire and brimstone as he had done. But again, that's not what he was hearing. Sometimes I think we have a hard time understanding who this Messiah that came to us is too. Like the Jewish people of old and John the baptizer, we would feel a little bit better if Jesus sometimes acted a little differently. John comes across as the one who will do battle to the death. Might makes right. But here comes Jesus, sharp of wits, loving, seeking to lead people toward a truth, In our pragmatic world, most folks want a John, not a Jesus. And if they were in an election, Jesus would lose because John would come out on top. Came across a story. A woman says one day her little daughter Emma was playing with paper dolls. And I don't know if little girls still play with paper dolls or not. Um, Mine didn't do much of that, but of course they're in their 30s now, so that was a while ago. But anyway, these were special paper dolls because they looked like biblical characters. And you can imagine what those would have looked like. So 
she's playing with her dolls, and suddenly she realizes that the Jesus character's missing. She can't find Jesus. So they look all over the house, and they can't find Jesus anywhere. So the child goes back to playing, and suddenly she comes running to her mother, and she's bringing a copy of a magazine. And it's a Time or one of those kind of magazines that used to get published. And she says, Mommy, I found Jesus. And when she opens it, it's a bearded, ragged, homeless man as a part of an article. But it did look a little bit like the paper doll Jesus. And her mother cut it out for her. And she began to wonder and think about this Jesus who came to be the Christ for even the folks like this homeless guy. John asks, are you the one? And you'd think Jesus would have said, yeah, don't worry about it. I'm him. I'll take care of it for you. But that is not what Jesus says. Jesus, as ever, is always very quick, very cryptic. And Jesus understands that if you want an answer that really works for you, it's got to be your answer. If you think you can tell somebody what's wrong with them, you will fail. That's what every first-year psychology student should be learning is people eventually have to mostly diagnose themselves. You lead them along until they get there. Psychiatrist tells a story of treating a, a woman. He was right out of school. And the patient came and said, frankly, now, these are my problems. And if you'll just sit down and agree with me, it won't cost me a lot of money or you a lot of time. So tell me what you think. So he had listened to her a little bit. So he told her what he thought. And she got up and stormed out of the office and said, well, if that's what you think about me, I wouldn't want to work with you. People have to come to understand who they are. And that's really what Jesus is doing for John. He quotes from part of the scriptures that we read today. The 35th chapter of Isaiah, the 61st chapter of Isaiah. And he says to John's disciples, you go and tell John what you see and hear. That the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have good news preached to them. And those are by definition what Messiah is supposed to look like. And blessed is the one that takes no offense in me. John knew the scriptures as well as anybody. And he knew immediately when he heard this, that Jesus was quoting from those passages of Isaiah that talked about the coming Messiah. Jesus said, yes, this is who I am, but he told him in a way that allowed him to put it back into his own religious context. Maybe it doesn't satisfy your query, are you the one, but it satisfied John's because he understood I think part of our problem is that we've heard the story so much 
this season rolls around year after year. We hear the story of the coming of the Christ. We know who Jesus turns out to be. We will follow from the day of birth down through the seasons of Lent and to Good Friday, the death on a cross and celebrate again resurrection on an Easter. And we've been there and we've done that and we've heard it over and over and I don't think it registers anymore. We do not fully understand what this season of incarnation means for us. This God who chooses to interact with humanity in a way unlike any other. You know, in mythology, the gods often took on human form. They took on human form because it was a way for them to uh, interact with human beings. It's an entirely different thing to talk about incarnation. For God to be human. One of us. It's not exactly what we expected. I was reading sometime this week uh, in our Advent devotional book, and I don't remember exactly who wrote it, but when you pick yours up and go back and read it, you'll see. One of the discoveries we make in life is that sometimes we don't get what we want. We get what we need. And that is the story of Messiah. We may not get the one we thought we wanted. What we get is the one who is Savior. And that, after all, is what we really need. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Colonial Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. For more information about our faith community, visit us online at chpres.org.